So guys, welcome back to Raw Influence. We've got an absolutely awesome special guest coming in today. We're going to be discussing absolutely everything from the business. I don't want to give anything away just yet for the business, entrepreneurship, and kind of what's in store for the future of what we've been up to. So over to my special guest to introduce himself. I'm George Sullivan, CEO and founder of The Soul Supplier, which is Western Europe's largest lifestyle footwear publishing site. For anyone that doesn't quite get that, it's kind of like the BBC News for footwear with a search and comparison element. So if you love your, your, your trainers, you will come to our site to understand what's releasing and where you can buy the shoes from at the best prices. So, so when you walked in here, did you literally judge me on my footwear? I actually haven't looked. <laughs> Are they that okay. bad? Yeah. Are they bad? We'll say, we'll say no more on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that one is? No, it's all, it's all good. It's like, what are They're those? Nike, I'm happy, I'm happy. <laughs> what <Yeah>. are those? <laughs> okay, cool. So, I mean, so you're, you're running like a review, is it a review site and also where they can get the latest kind of top end? Yeah, so it started out when I was working in recruitment at the time, hitting my targets, luckily. So I had spare time. Nice. Well, in the manager's eyes, he was like, you know, you're hitting your targets i'll let you get away with setting up a website yeah. during lunch and a bit during the work day so uh in the morning in the evening and a bit during the day built a site a content site a blog basically nice to talk about where you could get these shoes because they're they're limited shoes right people want to get their hands on them because they can sell them for a profit yeah most of the time and that's what i was doing six years ago selling the shoes for a profit after buying them um and everyone wants to do this now it's hugely saturated now do they do that via your site now they don't do it via our site but there are marketplaces as you may have seen yeah. where you can sell your stock no so i mean as in are they coming to get that stock from you to then go and sell it so they're using the sole supplier to find the information where they can buy the shoes from all the different retailers and hopefully if you're a reseller get as many as possible that is awesome yeah and so that all just started from you finding limited kind of edition trainers? Yeah, so I was always a, a trainer fan. I was always buying a new pair each week, sort of spending my commissions that I was earning in recruitment yeah, to, yeah. Try and, to try and stunt, so to speak, each week. So I thought that was what it was about at the time, right? That yeah. I had to have a new pair of trainers, right? And uh, I started realizing that I could make money from the shoes as well. So I'd always try and get two or three pairs. After a while, it turned out that I was hunting so hard for this information that I realized the gap in the market, which was other people were doing this. You know, I'm meeting loads of people each week. They need the info. I need the info. Let's start a UK site that covers that information. And what has that turned into from that? Yeah, so it's gone from... I left recruitment after about a year, uh, went full-time. My parents were absolutely worried. They were like, you cannot leave your full-time nine-to-five. Please don't. Yeah, I've been there. And I just, I know you like your cars, right? I, I, I do, I, yeah. I just bought a car, just bought an Audi A5. It wasn't a brand new one, but I'd still had the, the finance agreement at the time. And I just bought it. And then I said, I'm leaving work, mum. She was like, no, you've just bought a car. You can't, possibly. Yeah, you cool. And then it went from working in... My parents' bedroom at home. Uh, now we're five years. Our fifth anniversary just gone. And now we've got 17 staff. It's it had year-on-year -year growth of 
close to 100% each year over the past five years. And I, I actually was surprised when I saw that the other day. I was like looking at the numbers, right? And I was like, well, this is actually what it is on paper. And that really surprised me. And you're probably like, you're a trader. You're like, well, you don't know your numbers? No, 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 no. no. I just, I, we, we did something similar to Simon Kerr. We did, I think... We did something like a hundred. Then we did. Um, I think it was an annoying number. It was. It wasn't. It's a good number. It was like three or four hundred percent. So yeah. then trying to then get the hundred percent the next year after doing three right. four hundred, you're like, oh no! I think we got like eighty or something, and that's when we started. You're like, no, we failed. Yeah, yeah, we, we stopped hitting yeah. triple. Um, Close the business. Yeah, go home. <laughs> buy suits of Roman armor and uh, let's let's go march up a mountain. That's that's noticed that on your social actually. You did Ben Nevis recently. Yes. Yeah, I'm a bit of a, when it comes to... Just try, try to stay a little bit away. Yeah, outside of work, challenges. I like sort of like physical challenges. So I did three peaks. Amazing. 24 hours, you climb Ben Nevis, Scaffold Pike and Snowdon. And then two weeks later, just gone weekend ago, I did Man versus Mountain, which is 22 miles run up Snowdon and down. And then three swims at the end, which is just... It was awesome. the hardest thing I've ever done, but you know, I'd love to do an Ironman. That's on the hit list. No, that is awesome. But yeah, it sort of it takes you out of your comfort zone, and it makes you. It does something for you when you're in having a problem at work. It puts it in perspective. You're like, what about the time when I was absolutely broken and I couldn't walk and I was like yeah. mentally defeated on that run? You're like, oh, I'm worrying about this finance problem today you're like this is nothing yeah it's going to be nothing in comparison yeah to what it helps it's interesting because like saying if you just over your left shoulder there is literally a suit of roman armor and that's um one of the guys here is x-forces and we started our okay. own, we started our own charity um overwatch charity basically just want to start making a bit of a small difference without having any admin fees so we're all volunteers and all the money's just going into getting rid of single-use plastics uh, conservations things like that and um so on saturday uh, next saturday we're, we're climbing up ben nevis nice uh, and so there's i think there's about 13 or 14 of us all going up nevis. And I, I saw on your instagram i was like nice he's already done that I was like, that's nice we're doing we, we're going to do what, so the whole team uh, not the whole team, no. A small portion of us, but some of them were like, "No, I can't." Yeah, some. Well, yeah, some have got family, kids that can't come away. That's not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my not my decision, but I mean, yes. That's good though. I like that you've you built a charity as well because it's something I've wanted to do, but I haven't yet. Yeah, I just think there's so much charitable stuff out there that it is important. Yeah, yeah, it really it has, is. It has to be. It has to make you have to make a difference. And talking about. Um, someone that's not on the podcast yet who's coming on I think in the next couple of weeks in similar industries same product is um lady started a charity called Sal's Shoes and she basically um she couldn't find um a place at a charity she was like where do these where do these trainers end up Mm. and um no charity could tell her where they ended up so she set up her own charity whereas the pair of trainers that were worn okay would then go to a child in need that doesn't have trainers and to this date she's got 1.5 million people um, oh, wow. that didn't have shoes. Now I've got. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's a niche, isn't it, in the charity industry? It's like this is what we do. It's like all about shoes. Yeah, and giving them to giving them a new home. I didn't realize how many people in the UK. I was reading over the bio. I didn't realize how many people in the UK and uh, children didn't have shoes or trainers. Yeah, it's oh. a completely fair thought, isn't it? Like you yeah. wouldn't. You don't think that walking along the street that oh god, there's kids in the UK that don't have trainers. Yeah. 
you're immediately thinking, oh, they don't, they might not have food or money, but it's actually, do they have a pair of shoes on their feet that keep their feet warm? Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. And I think we, to be fair, the charity for us started where we, we kind of thought, well, you know, there must be something more than what we can do. We spend all our time. How, how long have you been screen. in business now? Um, we started in 2012. We really kicked up okay. from 2015. So the last four years have been major years for us. And it's this year, start of this year, we start, we need to start doing something rather than just sitting here trading. We need to, yeah. we need to be out there doing something, making a difference, keeping us grounded. And agreed. That's exactly it. It's like that sort of spiritual side of life when you're so driven on money and business and you what can we do away. to, and then it's, yeah, it, it brings you, it grounds you. Yeah. You have to, yeah, and that's so. When you're saying like you know going through the mental struggles, um, I think it must be two years ago now. I swam the Solent, and um, so I swam from Isle of Wight to um, Portsmouth. Um, how, how many is that? A few miles? Yeah, it's. I think you well. I think it's supposed to be about three miles, but on my swim, it was mental because heavy. Well, how far was yours on the mountain? There must have been. Um, the swims were nothing, man. It was like oh, across okay. a small lake, another lake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, probably like a few hundred meters each. I hate one. it. The Solent, like you were saying, was where you know you was absolutely broken. Um, it was my first major open water swim. You don't yeah. naturally go and do open water swims in the sea if you're not next <laughs> to the seaside. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I'm in Watford. So I'm not like everyone out there that does this <laughs> naturally. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Like, if you're seaside at the seaside, you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'll go for a swim. Yeah, you're not going to go to the sea if you lived on the seaside. You're not, oh, I'll go to the pool. I went yeah. to Camber Sands on Sunday with the missus. Yeah. I was scared, got in the sea. I was like, no, this is too cold. Okay. I had to run away. I'll tell you about Canvas Sands. So Canvas Sands has got um, a, a stiff uh, memory for me getting ready for my Solent swim. So when I was doing my, um, getting ready for my Solent swim, it's a Solent. It's a small, narrow passage. Nothing to worry about. Just one of the biggest shipping lanes that there is. So that's your main issue. Um, but the weekend before, when I was supposed to do the swim, um, there was two deaths in Canvas Sands due to jellyfish. In Cam Sands. Oh, really? Yeah. What people had like a bad reaction to the sting? Because you know, you, you know Ross Edgley. Do you follow him? I don't. He he wrote the book, the uh, the world's fittest book. Okay. And he's all about how can you be fit for everything. So this guy's like absolutely ripped up, huge, but also tries to train every sort of discipline, like gymnastics, Olympic weightlifting, and he swam. He was the first guy to swim around the UK. Is this the guy that lost the chunks out of his tongue? Yes. Oh, 156 yeah. days it took him. Yeah, mental. And the cuts in his feet and stuff like that yeah. went down to his bone because it was like going for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's a sort mental. of different level of mindset. Yeah. I think like a marathon or a run 26 is hard, but he's like 156 days out at sea. Yeah. But the geezer, when you watch him, he's so calm and like yeah. lighthearted. People are like, you must be in a dark place to think that that's something you want to do. He's like, no. Yeah. he's like all the guys that heard it they were like you, you must be a bit are you, are you okay are you depressed he's like no it's just like challenge there's three people like that there's there's him there's david goggins david goggins man he's hardcore but i love him he is some of my friends are like no he's i can't watch him he's too much he, he can be too much sometimes but what he's gone and done is off the off the charts in like mental level yeah like he strongly believes in that whole callousness of the mind and then you've got the third one, which is uh, the Iron Cowboy that did um, yeah, 50, fifty Ironmans in fifty days. Yeah, what? What? <laughs> Talking about this yesterday, I was like, my friend was like, I want to do an Ironman. I was like, I'm with you. He, he, we run the man versus mountain race. I was like, yeah. I 
was like, what about that guy, you know, that run 50 and 50? Yeah. Traveling for what, 50 states as well yeah, across the US. States. It's like, that's a different level of, yeah. Yeah, he lost like most of his nails and his feet after like the 13th one. Yeah, I haven't got through the full Netflix uh, video, but I, yeah. He does, a, I'm trying to think, he does a great podcast with, I think it's Andy Frizzella or or Joe Rogan. It's just like completely another mind level. And that's, I genuinely believe in what they're saying. It has, there's a method in the madness of callous in the mind, isn't there? There has to be when it comes down to, for example, my swim, there's the two deaths at Cam Sands. And I thought there was old people. I was like, oh, probably old people having a bad reaction, but weren't 20s to 30s. That was yeah. that. And I thought, great, okay. Um, so we're now doing the swim the next weekend um, until the um, jellyfish have, have kind of passed. I was like, okay, fine. So I turned up. There was supposed to be 20 of us. There wasn't. There were six of us. And I was thinking, why is there? Why, where's, it, up. where's everyone else? It turned out, I didn't read the email. And it was like, oh, there's been a massive influx of mackerel which has now brought these species of sharks ranging from thresher sharks, makos, poor beagles. And it's like this long list. And I'm thinking, what? wait, well, so I did not it's know it's that. It's dangerous. Yeah. I did. Well, and that's why people dropped out. Yeah. And I, I was, Purely for that. Yeah. They were like, no, that's not, I can't do that now. I was sitting there thinking, wait, no one told me that there was massive But was this sharks. an event that you did or was it like something you did independently with a... Yeah, it was for charity. It, it was, was So it was your um, own thing arranged through... Yeah, it so, so it wasn't like that they were saying, it wasn't an event where they said, you can't do this because of the sharks. It was just like your decision at that point, shall we go ahead? So it wasn't mine, no. Um, so Aspire set it up. There were supposed to be 20 of us. Okay, like different people. From, yeah, different yeah. backgrounds, wanted yeah, yeah. to do different things. And then out of the six that turned up, all of the others have done um, the channel swim. So I was like, oh, no, I'm the, I'm the weak link here. This is awful. And one of the guys was like, are you, are you really going to be wearing a wetsuit? And I was like, well, it's 16 degrees. It's pretty cold. Yeah, I, yeah. I would like to think so. It's going to and, protect uh, me if I get bitten by a shark, man. Yeah, it's, it's not going to help. <laughs> I've got to be careful. It might help. Honestly, I was just saying, I think if jellyfish come, then at least it's not going to sting me that bad. It's going to yeah. be like, oh no, he's got my ankle, like you know, <laughs> rather than my, my legs or my arms or whatever. But they, they all had these shark bracelets and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't have... What like, do they do? They... I think it sends out like a frequency that kind of makes them swim scares, away. Scares and I was like, I don't, I don't have that. So it was awful. Cut a long story short, um, when I got into the water, yeah, we, it was the worst thing ever as well. It was almost like, um, we, I think we was the only group actually that, that's been done. Quote me if I'm wrong on Instagram or whatever, mm. guys. But to swim from Isle of Wight to um, Portsmouth. It's usually Portsmouth to Isle of Wight. And so you were like, against, the, against the, the sea, the waves? Well, not really, no. It's more of a mindset uh, fuck because what you're doing is you're, you have to get on a boat, right? And the boat takes you to the other side. So you're like, oh, shit, I've got to swim. All of that way. It's like doing yeah, a marathon, yeah, but yeah. been been at the finish line and yeah. then been driven all the way through where you've got to run at the start and said, right, off you go. So it's successful? Um, I managed to complete it. Yeah, there was only three of us out of six that did. It ended up turning into like, um, I think it was like a force four. Yeah, how long weight. did it take? Um, I got absolutely battered. Um, <laughs> uh, well, three got pulled out of the water because the tides got so bad. I'm surprised um, that Aspire didn't shut it down you know they're like this is we can't support this it's too dangerous right yeah health and safety now has gone crazy when we started it was fine when we started it was fine and then it just got really bad and they said they had they to be fair they had quite a sweet set they had like this boat that would rush off and stop the ferries basically the ferry would be like you need to move around the swimmers basically like yeah and it's at that moment i realized this is this is mental because this stuff could actually just hit me you got through it how long did you say it took i think it took probably about three hours which is no jellyfish 
no jellyfish, although there was a shark's um, surfacing mackerel, which you I didn't, didn't see know. any sharks. I saw shadows, but I don't know if that's my head just playing shit he was with tripping. me. Yeah, I was. Wait, you, you're in the water. At one point, the guy, these, these like almost like not like Navy SEALs, but they came along. This like black rubber boat come up next to me and be like, "How's he doing?" We've had to pull three other swimmers out, and I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, I, I'm like, I'm like, halfway. oh, that's great. That's positive reinforcement. Thanks, man. Tell me some more positive stuff to help me. And then this we is pulled where... three swimmers out. Like, no, keep going. Gum, Sam. Yeah. Just to let you know, mate, you've been swimming on the spot for 20 minutes due to the tide. Oh, really? Wait, what? I thought I'm making progress. No, the waves were just hitting me. But so you felt hard. like you were, but you were literally in the you same. You can't see land yeah, in any yeah, direction, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you don't know, right? You've got no bearings to judge it on. Yeah, that must be pretty difficult on the mind when you can't see land and you think you're getting somewhere and then someone... This person that was selling you this stuff doesn't sound like he helped at all. Mate, we pulled three guys out. You've been swimming on the spot. You're like, hey, man, tell me yeah. some positive stuff. Help me. Yeah, true. I told him just to be real with me, though. So I was yeah, like, fair, I, fair. I, I don't want any bullshit. You, if I'm doing shit, tell me. Yeah. I, I, the stuff that you just don't know when you do an open water swim, that like, make sure you take your um, seasickness pills. And I'm like, why? It's only a boat ride. I don't get sick. They're about actually being in the water. Hmm. And you've got five foot waves, and you're going up, and then you're going sideways. I was chundering whilst I'm swimming. I'm like, this oh, is wow. this is awful. And it started raining and I'm sitting there thinking, looking down, I'm seeing some shadow. I'm like, surely that's not shadow. I look up to see if there's a plane. No, no plane. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Let's carry on. Next thing you know, my um, some of the staff and that were on the beach. Um, um, my dad's um, a professional diver and he sat there with binoculars. He's literally about 50 to 100 yards away from my left. It's just circling of mackerel. And I'm off the coast. So I'm, only, I'm not that far away. I'm probably five minutes out of this whole worst experience of my life. And it's just surfacing mackerel. And he's like, there's a shark below that, surfacing that. Don't know what that is. Next thing you know, runs over to the beach um, team. They're radioing the boats. I just thought I was coming into the finish line. Two boats along the side of me, just looking down straight next to me in the water. And I'm thinking, oh, they're just seeing me in. That's nice of them, isn't it? No, they're just keeping an eye out, trying Keep to make cause sure, a yeah. stir with their... Um, the, the froster on the, on the back of the boats. Yeah, that's on. really cool, man. That's a different um, sort of challenge compared to like just a physical challenge you're like oh and now if i think about sharks yeah. that, that's something you can't control in any way yeah. if you're tired you're like i could probably push through but this is yeah. something like i'm really tired i want to stop yeah and there could be a shark so it's like yeah that mind moment when i was like wait i look like a seal because i'm wearing a black wetsuit and i've been splashing for 20 minutes in the same spot if i don't yeah, look like yeah. a dying fish right yeah. now you're gonna get eaten. Yeah. That's what it felt like, and it was. I tell you what, I, I walked out. I don't think I even spoke to anyone for like two hours, and I just sat there and was like, "What did I?" I tried when I do these things. I'm like, I was like that after Man versus Mountain. I was just there's this moment of reflection and like this is mm. great, but it quickly fades. It's like, and then during that, I was like, I won't do anything like this again. So to my friend Ryan, I was like, I can't, and he's like, Nope, I'm not doing any more challenges like this. You finish it. A couple of days later, you're like, what can I do next? Yeah. And we start talking about the Iron Man. It's like you constantly, it's the same with work, right? I want to progress. You get to a point where you think, okay, I'll be, I'll be happy at that point. Mm. That's the target. Yeah. You get there, whether it's revenue or whether it's something you want to create or even like a staff number. I want to get this many staff. That's just a vanity thing, right? I need this mm. many staff. Yeah. You get there and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I've got 20 staff. Could I have 40 staff? I've hit this revenue number, and then the, you see the potential in the in the future. It's 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 that is psychologically in everything. 
Yes, and that's that's the issue. That's the thing. With this swim, when I did it, I usually get that feeling of that was awesome. I felt I, I've learned this. I've achieved that. I've overcome that. But at the end of this, I just thought the one thing that I've left from this is one, I was purely exhausted because I was swimming basically on the spot. Mm. And where it's supposed to be like this, you come into a peak. For those that can't see me, I'm trying to draw a curved line here. It just went exponential. And I was getting pulled away from the point on Portsmouth. So I had further to swim into the tide to come back. And when I got out, I just sat there and I was like, I've just got a mad appreciation for Mother Nature right now. There's nothing that I felt that I valued or gained other than understanding, wow, five foot waves crashing over my head Mm. from two different sides just shows you what you're capable of achieving. But at the end of it, I felt... I wouldn't put my worst enemy through that. Like it yeah. felt horrible. And the people that failed, it kind of, it, 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 it messed my head a bit because I was planning on doing the channel swim. However, the three people that got pulled out completed the channel swim. So I was kind and of the like, the channel swims harder. Well, further, further. much more. Yeah, I think it's like 20. You know, well, I think it's, I think it's nine a marathon. I think I'm pretty sure it's like 20 odd miles or something like that. The swim is. I mean, I haven't done any swimming challenges, but Let's have a look. It's really, yeah, it's a different level, what you're contending with there. It's not natural to be in the water. It's 21 miles, the really? English Channel. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. It's supposed to be calm. Obviously, the Solent's narrow yeah, passage. Still, so yeah. You get, yeah, it's mental. 21 miles. 21 miles is, yeah. I kind of thought, well, I've got no problem swimming for ages. I could swim all day. But it's just the environment that you was in was battery. <laughs> Challenge it. <laughs> Challenge it. Sam said it. He can swim all day. God, 24 hours. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm get, I'm it's like out. some of those challenges, right? You have like the Tough Mudder and you have the Tough Mudder 24 hours. It's like, how many laps can you do of the course in 24 hours? Like, <laughs> When oh, does it stop? 24 hours. You're sleep deprived and you're just running the same well, course. That, isn't that, that's the, that's the whole David Goggins thing, isn't it? There's that race. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you basically have to run as far as you can in a certain period of time. Okay. And there's a leaderboard. There's a few like it, right? There's... And you're just like, it's it's never ending. But yeah, it messes with your head. The yeah, whole... there's there's ones like that where you run around a, a 400 metre track. There's a 24 hour race, or there's a few. You run around a 400 metre track in like an athletics park for 24 hours. And they, like you said, there's a, there's a board. It's like, this guy's done a thousand laps. How does that, that's, it's all sorts of different mental challenges, right? Yeah. That's just like, this is so boring. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. But it's good to put yourself through it. Yeah, like, I'd rather be out on a track going round and round and round. If you're doing a mountain or something, right, you, you feel yeah, like stuff you've to look progression. at and sort of detach your mind a little bit from. But the track, you what know. What was like the weather like? I've been ever since then. The weather was perfect, man. It was the best weather that Snowden had had all year. The guy that we were with, he's like, you've had the best day this year. Hottest, clearest. He's like, this is so lucky. Wow. No rain at all. It was like, yeah, it was good. Was that at Nevis or Snowden? Uh, At Snowden. Nevis was a little bit cloudy, but still warm. It was nice, yeah. What? We're expecting that. But that, it was because you're doing it in 24 hours, you're traveling on a coach. Yeah. um, And... You can't sleep on the coach, man. Like the coach is so uncomfortable. And then you've got like 20 other dudes on the coach. It's all taking their shoes off their boots and like, it just stinks so bad. Oh. So, you know, you sort of wake up and then you're like, oh. get woken up by the smell. You're like, Fuck, what, what, <laughs> what happens <laughs> if they don't get down in time? I, did, I couldn't uh, imagine. They actually, if you're not ascending quick enough, they take you down before you reach the summit. So there's people in the group or some of the slower groups that wouldn't summit 
and they just take them down. They're like, this is, you're not on time. Because you don't stop. Like, this is like a power walk. Yeah, yeah. You have a quick bit of water at halfway. You yeah. just power walk to the top. So it's like nonstop, start to finish. Because that's the goal with these lots. So basically, there's, there's, he's, he's got to do the Roman suit on every single one. So it's oh, no really? Dead. Yeah, it looks horrible. It looks like it's going to chafe in absolutely everything. There you go. There's yeah, Jigs. He's just pretty got pretty heavy as well. He's a big fella as well. But um, <laughs> you say he was from the military, right? Yeah. Does that help you? Do you look for guys like that for trading? I think... Because they have this level of less emotion yep. and a more sort of regimented, calculated mind. 100%. Is that the theory? It is, yeah. Yeah. I think there was a study done on it. Um, Are they good traders? Like, is that... Yeah. Their probability-wise, they're... More, yeah. Yeah. I think it depends how far gone they are on the military. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's in like... You know, it's absolute nutter that comes in. It's like... Exactly. He's not just like stripping and throwing his stuff everywhere. You know, you can get guys that have, um, you know, PTSD and all that side of things. Yeah. And if that's the case, then um, no. Which I think is probably a, a fair comment on anything, really, if you've gone through that kind of stress. Yeah. I think if they come out on their... Um, the, the, the transition, it, the whole thing, was, I've got a lot of family in the military. The transition going from military to civil life, like civvy is what they call it. it trying, that transition is super hard. Mm. So going out of something where he, for example, was in uh, the military, was in Afghan. I think he was out uh, there for three years um, in total. And you think going from that environment to then going to a desk job is completely different. Yeah, it needs to be exciting, right, for someone like that, I guess, to sort of, yeah. There's got to be peaks and troughs to someone's job like that. It can't just be normal nine to five. I can understand why someone like that would want to get into yeah. trading. If your mindset is 100% on point, that's the biggest factor in trading. Yeah. It's, it's mindset. If your mindset, the thing is, is when you get attached to greed and fear, yeah. they, they play a massive Yeah, but that's of- natural in human nature, right? So you have to be aware of that constantly. Uh, my other probably misconception about trading is that younger guys are too eager and inexperienced to they need time to grow as a person you know you could have a younger guy that's like got a lot of life experience quite streetwise Mm. and actually he understands himself to be able to trade well yeah but my idea is that you get like a 28 year old guy that's gone through a lot yeah he knows himself well probability wise again he's going to be a better trader more times than a guy that's young and just got all this hunger and eagerness. Is that true? I think you get a lot of guys that come here to trade that I know between 18 and 21 that they want to trade, they want to make money, but they just really, not, they don't know what they don't know what they want to do. They yeah, want to travel. They're just like, I need that. I need to trade. That's yeah. That's just what they thought about for years. It's very attractive. Yeah, of course. But I think again, they a lot of the sit downs are. I want to go traveling. Um, I, you know, I, 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 me personally, I missed out on the opportunity. I literally just nerded out for 10 years. Mm. I didn't, you know, I was at uni, I lived in halls. I didn't go out partying. I didn't have that. And I missed that. I missed that. I didn't have that opportunity to go and do that because I just sat there and I worked all the time. However, I don't think a lot of people have that capability. Not that I'm bigging myself up, but to sit there and grind at something, knowing that in 10 years you'll be in a position where you can go travel yeah. and do what you want. So when I started the business, recruitment's quite a heavy industry for people going out and drinking and yeah. sort of work hard, play hard. You know, 100%. I stopped drinking for 18 months. 
my girlfriend at the time, I was just like, I'm going to come home every night and sit on the computer. I'm not going to see you. She's like, okay. And after about six months, she's like, yeah, you're actually, this is what you're doing. Yeah. Are you still together? Uh, no. But the point is, the sacrifice was, yeah. I'm not going out. Yeah. I mean, I lost some of the friends I've reconnected right. with in recent years, but that was a sacrifice. It was like, um, I hadn't started the business for six months whilst I was sober. Then I got the idea about month six of no drinking, no going out. It's like, yes, this is it. So then that powered me through for another year of sacrifice again. But that was so powerful in where we got to so quickly. And it just set us off in the right way. It, it was an obsession. It still is. It, is. it fucks your entire life up there, doesn't it? Like anything around your life at that time and that initial phase you have the people saying, you shouldn't be doing this. You're yeah, not or they should be like, that. oh man, chill out, stop working. Yes. It's like, no, I like it. Yeah. It's like, it's not a problem. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. And like, why are you working? Why are you working tonight? It's like, don't worry about me. It's not a problem for me. Mm. I'm enjoying this. It's not, people are like, you're going to burn out. Yeah. I'm like, what's burnout? That's just a, that's just a thing. Mm. It's, it doesn't, it's your mindset, right? Yeah, 100%. People get more pressure at work and then they're like, oh no, they get more perceived pressure. Mm. They're like, oh, it's so stressful right now. Like that's because you just are perceiving it to be more stressful. There's only so much you can do in a day. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And people seem to just pile it on mentally and they, ha- they lack the awareness to realize no matter what is going on, I've only got so much time in the day. Mm. You can only focus on one thing at a time, realistically. Yeah. You know, it's like so people miss that all the time. I think there's so much clutter out there now that takes your direction and takes your focus. You know, for example, back in the back when you back know, in the day, I said back in the day, in 28, but like yeah, you 28 as well. I'm 28, yeah. Nice. <laughs> also, quick one: is that a real Alec Monopoly? This one here, the Trump? No, it's not. No. Nice. No. It's I rate him. One. He's a good artist. He's fucking epic, man. Yeah. He's so cool. He's good. Yeah, he's, man, he's he's a role model. I, someone that I followed for a long time. Yeah. He, um, His Instagram is the most obnoxious, arrogant Instagram, but great. I love it. Yeah, he... He's like, I'm with this girl on my private jet with my painting that I'm delivering. I'm like, yes, I think. He's, he's the guy, He when he got with his missus, he, um, her profile was tiny. And now they're completely flipped. Her profile is bigger than his. Yeah. Off the back of him promoing her yeah. and going down that route. I think what he's achieved in the art space is is turned heads. I think that's, that's There's, there's a lot of copycats out there now as well. Yeah. You see it all over Instagram, right? Just different sort of. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy that I've been looking closely. Because I'm I, I looking at them. I think Alec Monopoly was missed. I think there's... If you, if you got Alec Monopoly at the right time, you're doing absolute wonders yeah, with yourself. Yeah, I wanted to get one for the office. Yeah, I was a bit deluded at the time. I emailed the uh, his management. Me too. Like, Did you? Me too. I was oh, like, oh God. hey, have you got any? Uh, have you got any prints or you know something small for the office? Now, like, yeah, they start at you know something like thirty grand oh, plus really? for this size. I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll come back to you on this one. Was like, how can you, if you're trying to be financially smart, go and buy one of up. those? You to find out, like, literally, I get them all the time. It's like, yeah, we're in Mykonos this weekend, mate. If you want to come down, let us know. What's that, the uh, management? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so yeah, on, on their email, it's just the worst thing to be on because you're like, I, I need I need that piece, mate. That piece looks 
good. There's, it's at the right time. There's a guy, I don't know if you've seen him, called Timmy Sneaks. You've no. seen him. Is he a footwear guy or is that just his name? Uh, to be fair, actually, he I think he does do stuff with footwear, but that is his name. I'll show you him quickly. He's, he is an epic. His artwork in general is... Have, have a look at that, some of that stuff there. I think he's on the on the road to be... Oh, wow. Yeah, I like it. It's good. He's on the road That's to cool, be... isn't it? For anyone that's listening, you've got Tony Soprano around some abstract. Yes, yeah, it, that's cool, isn't it? That's different. Yeah. I like it. He's so out there. He even does stuff like, um, I'm pretty sure like Stormtroopers and God knows what else he does. That's one that I haven't really got into. Like I... Uh, even though business has gone very well and, you know, things are successful, even though right now we're investing heavily in our tech, which is taking up all sort of finance in the business, I haven't, I've always been very sort of cautious with my with my money. No matter how well things are going, I've always been like, obviously I've bought things, you know, I've, I've purchased some things, but, you know, like I've always wanted to buy a watch. Yeah. I have a look at watches. I love cars as well. I look at cars constantly yeah. can name any car on the road even like a Renault you know <laughs> my girlfriend's like how how do you know that I'm like just I just pick up on it yeah but like certain cars and I know you like your cars as well from your Insta right yeah that um I can't make myself buy a watch oh. just because even though they're an investment some of them mm-hmm. I'm just like I can't I can't do it I've seen, I've been in so many shops and like you know like a nice watch yeah. and like just can't I can't do it I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, if I had to make a decision, I don't have many watches. This is probably like I've got one Rolex, and I've got two. I've got two watches. I've got one that was like, why? Well, I, I, it's stored now for my future kids. It's literally stored. I was like, this is the watch that I wore. It's a leather brand. You can fit. You can see passed down through generations. <laughs> exactly. You can see the wear on it. You can see the hard work yeah, yeah, that's gone yeah. into that wrist. Um, so Rolex again. It's not no. It's it's very simple. It was just um. It was a Versace, okay. Um, gold gold kind of um, rim, black leather, and I wore that throughout the entire time of when I was like officially mm. like this is me working my heart out. Yeah, uh, sentimental in that sense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you if you make them sentimental, then you can get one because yeah, you're not going to lose money if it means something as well. And you're like, okay, so. Theoretically, you give that to you know your son, your daughter. Right? You're you're on your work stage right yeah. now. You're and you can always work. sell it for a similar. I, I really like the uh, Hublot Big Bang. Yeah, but it's a watch that loses money, mm. so it's not sensible really. So you're actually just buying that to to Same. kind of stun or lose money really. Same as cars. But, yeah, you got some nice cars that you've had, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, I and do you know what? This year has been a, an awakening on cars of just realizing what have I done? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. You, you sit and you realise, I've lost a lot of money on cars. Maybe out of stupidity of... Yeah, I, well, you have something for a year, like I did it. Yeah. I've got a friend at Audi, yeah. and I've always bought Audi, so I've gone through like the whole range. Mm-hmm. I've got an S5 at the minute. Nice. And I've had that three years. But before that, it's like one year, I'm like, I want to get a new car. Six months, I'm ringing him. I'm like, I need, an, I need, I need to get a different. I've seen this. It's like I need an SQ7. That looks sick. Yeah. But yeah, man, you're losing. Like, I've had every. If you like Audi, I've had every R rate that there was. Yeah, 
yeah. saw. And you got a Bentley Continental as well, GT. That's that's gone. Yeah, that was that was really? old school. Yeah. You uh, see uh, Bugsy Malone, the the grime guy. Yeah. On Instagram, he's yeah. got the craziest car collection. I haven't seen it. Oh man, have a look. You'll love it. Like he's got like um the absolute, you know, three car garage in Manchester with oh, really? some of the craziest, yeah. Is it as good as Manny Koshbin's? Yeah. I know Manny Koshbin, yeah. He's the uh business or motivational he's a, guy, right? He's um he's property of his. He's the one Prop- that got yeah. like Hermes and um Bugattis, he gave her to design his blooming car and you sit there and you think, what? Mental, yeah, mental. That will hold money there because it's one of a kind. But that is something that you know, like if you lose a pound coin, yeah, at a certain level, for some people, they can be like, "Shit, I've lost a pound coin. Mm. I need to find it." Whereas it, some people be like, "I don't even need it. I'll just walk off." Yeah. Some people drop a tenner at a certain level. It doesn't matter. Mm. You just drop it, and maybe you're not. You don't care. It's the same sort of principle with buying things, right? If you've got a certain amount of money. You should have the understanding that yeah. I've got this much money and I can actually, realistically, I can buy it and it doesn't make a difference. Mm, but yeah. so many people now well, that's want things quick and they are not thinking about, it's just all about the short-term gain. They don't have the finance to back it up. They don't the have enough cash. And they're just, it's just, this is Instagram that's created this. It's like, I need to have all the right stuff now to yeah. look good. It's ruining young people, man. I thousand percent agree with you. Yeah, I've not seen anything this bad in a long time. And yeah, like the financial sort of uh, lack of education, right, for people. It's mental. And that's something yeah. that I preach day in day out. Financial education. Go to schools. Talk to them. Why credit cards not spoken about? All the rest of it. But but where's that come from for you? Like, why do you have that motive to be financially smart? Was that family or was that? So just something you clocked onto early and was like that I need mm. to understand it. Well, we went through a point where in my family where we was living in a nice, happy four bedroom family house, parents got divorced, and then parents mm. actually lost their jobs. And so I ended up um, living with my brother and my dad in literally a room probably half the size of this. And that a, made you hungry. Yeah, exactly. In a shared room. Because you had it and it was nice. Mm. Gone. And then you, you wanted it back. Yeah, we literally lived in one of the you know the yeah, worst places that there was, and had nothing. You know, dinner was an egg roll, and that's when you realise yeah. you have nothing. Good you know? egg roll. It's good. It was a solid egg yeah. roll, and I love an egg roll now. It's like you know, fuck, that's a reminder, mate. That is. <laughs> yeah, that's sentimental. <laughs> yeah, right there, right there. And the more you think about, the more you think about that. My goal was, I will never in my entire life go back to that life you know where my my, my mm. brother my dad was sleeping on the floor and i would have the single bed because i was the youngest yeah one. it's hard to see that isn't it you know, you like, know like your dad you didn't get that there at the time he doesn't deserve that you mm. know like they've worked hard right yeah exactly so my dad ran a business as well a print company they didn't move over to the digital space quick enough okay so traditional print just it went down the toilet this is but, this is the same with my old man so he did um it was a cartographer, which is where you draw hand, uh, yeah. draw atlases by hand. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And so he didn't. It just went away, digital, right? Yeah, he didn't go over to doing an electronic digital course of how to draw maps like that. And Tom Tom came in and all the rest of it. You know, Philip Atlas. If you've ever seen it in the petrol station, he did the whole thing himself by hand. To this day, it's probably the. I would probably say it's probably the last atlas in the UK that's been hand done. Yeah. It's mental, and that's now all gone to Tom Tom, and that job's gone. Yeah. So does your dad work? Yeah, he works here. He um, after my mum works for me as well. Really? And my dad, yeah. My my mum, my, my brother, 
Bring them all in. Yeah. yeah, Because they're the ones you trust as well, right? Yeah. I get them in different departments so there's no kind of uh, issue with like, you know, level boss, I'm the youngest one, right? So it's sometimes hard in that respect. How do you find that? Because I've got some older guys in our team and developers actually, uh, an iOS dev that's slightly older and actually the the dev team are slightly older than me. Mm. And some of them like 45, 50. Get on with them like you know, same level as I would get on with someone at 28, same thing, right? But it's hard, isn't it, as a young yeah. boss to find that. The level of how you talk to how them. How you talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're kind of showing them respect because they're older. Yeah. At the same time, you're like, you, I, I, I'm the boss. When you have to be firm. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult one, but it's, it's it works for us now. But yeah. it wasn't, I was quite overwhelmed initially when that started happening. I was like, how do I... I think if you've accrued enough kind of um, kudos, I should kind of say, if they looked at you and gone, wow, look what he's achieved, I definitely need to listen to this person. Yeah. I think that's where it comes in. If they don't value you, yeah, then there's that whole hierarchy. Which, yeah, issue. they've openly said, you know, we respect you and what you've done and your ideas, even though you're a bit 100 miles an hour sometimes and you're like dropping stuff on our desk, like, can we do this? But there's a respect there and it, it goes both ways. Um going to ask you about your management as well with people okay i found recently that we've got a new website and app launching yeah we've invested in our tech like i was saying we've been doing this for six months i've been quiet because i haven't got clients we're not an agency it's just my project for the business we need to get it launched there's no particular deadline they've been getting a little bit comfortable the developers and i had this conversation with them so to any of the developers if they're listening (laughs) You know this is true because we've spoken. <laughs> I'm not talking behind your back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it actually backfired on how generous and nice I've been mm. where the project's just getting delayed and delayed. And then when I had a frank conversation with them in the sprint meeting in the morning, they were like, actually, yeah. Working in sprints. I really, yeah. I, they've really got it. And But yeah, that's easy to do to get a bit, you can be too nice I it's finding the balance again of mm. like I'm quite open, quite generous. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's hard to. Are you in the office every day? Yeah. Okay. So have you when you go home early or something like that, or you've gone off to a meeting, or you've come in late and you find that the work rate is a bit. Yeah, you lower. notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they might not know where you are, but you're out at a meeting. But the perception is, oh, he's out of the office again. It's like a hundred percent. Or I'm I'm doing stuff. I'm working at home, or I'm I'm out yeah. at a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I find that I've genuinely that, that's it's probably a really interesting debate for people listening to that because that is something that I I struggle with is that's why a lot of our stuff is uh, for example it's all data driven so mm. you can see for example if someone's not done mm. enough work because you can I was going to ask you what sort of KPIs how are you monitoring things yeah, that's so, the... yeah so you got performance KPIs and you, we can see those reports daily weekly monthly and they know that as well right so that's yeah, yeah. there's no escaping it yeah we, we have um three new staff that um pass probation nice and the what's first... that three months what pardon probation three months yeah three months yeah nice. so all of a sudden on the first week after probation day one day two day three productivity all-time low oh, oh really yeah, comfort. It's quite annoying, isn't it? It's like comfort. It's really obvious as well. You're like, they know look, who I've they just, are. They know yeah, who I've, they just, are. <laughs> I've just done, done you a favour. You passed your probation. Yeah. It's not even a favour. You've done well. Yeah. Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah, it's the comfort. And then we have to, you know, you then have to sit down and, 
and go over that and understand that and say, yeah. you know, we're not, I'm not here to sit on top of you and to go down. Road. It's a very interesting dynamic because. But they're directly. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I was just saying that when you, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's, it's a, I would say it's a global challenge that because it's, it's trying to find that level. There is no level. It just takes time. How right? friendly are you? Yeah. yeah. It just takes experience, like years mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. Before you understand through experience and doing it many times, this is what I need to do in this situation. Yeah. I've been here before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one because you want people to, you know, you want people to enjoy work as much as you do. Yeah. That's, that's been very important for me. I'm a bit obsessive with like staff being happy. And that shoots me in the foot sometimes because if I compared it to other companies, I'm really over the top with it. Like they've got it great, realistically. Mm. My perception is always like, I'm not doing enough for them. Mm. You know, yeah. It's like Gary Vee, he will say, you know, your staff shouldn't be, you should be investing in your staff. You're responsible for them. They're not responsible for you. They are. But the point is you're responsible for them and their happiness. He's very much big on yeah yeah you should be constantly asking them what motivates you what's go- what's going to make you happy mm, and yeah. you should be delivering on that to your staff yeah 100 percent. yeah it's something that we've we've been ramping that up a lot and i think for me my head it's stuck in for example 2015 where there was only six or eight of us then all of a sudden we're how, in, how many guys you got here now <sighs> and girls we're, we're pushing nearly 70 yeah, I spoke to Dale, he said, and some of them, like, they're out of the office, but they're still... Yeah, still working yeah. remotely. And yeah. then that's KPIs as well, or trying to maintain those. And that is the overall challenge, but that's where work is going. People mm. want flexibility yeah, 100%. now. And it's all coming KPI-driven, not you'll sit there from nine till five until you bleed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not like that. If you, you it's like, hit- what are your targets? Are you hitting them? Good. Yeah. Do, do you work where you want? Yeah, go to Spain and have a beer and do your work. No, don't do that. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the mentality though, the mentality is the hard part to capture because when you're when you're sat there, if from for my sake, I would say you know even when eight twenty, okay, let's go to that number twenty. We sat at twenty. Hmm. People will still come to you when you have when they have an issue. People would still come and approach you and say, yeah, yeah I'm not too sure to do that. Okay, when you approach get, you directly, is that yeah, a, yeah. And then when you get bigger than that, fifty, they're still coming to you, but you've got your senior team. But they won't talk. They don't. They don't want to. They don't want to pipe up as much. Because there's this air of he's the boss and we're just a number in fifty. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And this this whole mentality, the whole mentality is very different on the approach. Even office splits, being this side, some that side. I was just about to ask you that, man. We're on the same page. I was going to say, do you sit on the out out on the desk? Yeah, I sit out there with, with the team. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I also have a private office that I work in sometimes if I need to get my head down. Peace and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, like, be part of it. Yeah. yeah but then I have this whole paranoia again about people's screens and the way they're facing. I'm like, that senior guy there, he's his screen's facing into the middle of the office, and I'm like, well, that's going to be good because he's going to feel like I need to work. I'm like, what if he wants to go on something that? Like, why am I even thinking that? It doesn't. He <laughs> should just be working. Yeah. Like, why am I considering that? It doesn't yeah. matter about his screen. Yeah. It, or does it? You know, like these yeah, well, sort of questions. Well, you're... Why does that guy want to be in the far corner where no one can see his screen? There's a guy that did that. We moved into our, <laughs> our new office now. <laughs> and it all refurbished. This great space, like creative space, studios downstairs. Anyway, we've got 16 desks. Yeah. At the time, I was like, this is going to be to my creative director, Dan. I was like, we're going to fill this office out. 16 desks. There's only like four of us. And the guy, me and Dan and this other guy sat next to each other. 
And he sat on the other side of the room in the farthest corner. He was like, man, why? Yeah. He's like, I just feel comfortable here. So every desk is the same. They're all exactly the same. The screens and the laptops, everything's the same. Yeah. But it, you know, he fought the battle of, I just feel comfortable here. So that, uh, that's my brother in the far left corner yeah. in this one. He's, he's, um, ex, um, armed, um, response unit in the police forces. Right. Uh, you know, anti-terrorism unit. Wow. And he's got some stories. Yeah. Mental stories. <laughs> However, but he, he doesn't tell to anyone. His, top secret. <laughs> he likes having his back in the corner so that he can see the room. But that makes sense. To That's me. from where he's been from. <laughs> That's so that I've makes, got to watch everything. That makes sense. So now I've got full scope of my environment. I know. Yeah, what's going yeah. On. If he was on the other side of that, with Phil. vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I kind of get that. I get it, yeah. But I do get that. Maybe yeah. that's not just from his background. Maybe that's why the other people do as well. They're just used to back against the wall kind of yeah. mentality. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. Trying to work out that. And that whole dynamic, That's it's a big struggle. It's a massive struggle. Trying to trying to get the whole boss, friend level. After work, we yeah, get Yeah, I was going to ask you this as well. Like, how do you, if you go out for drinks with people, you know, and... I have drinks with my staff now, but there was a time where I just didn't drink for ages, so I just wasn't yeah. going out with them. Then when you do it, kind of, you know, if people push, like, drinks a bit too far and they'll be really pissed and then mm. there's a guy that comes in and he said stuff that he shouldn't have or we bumped into a client and then he said some stuff that mm. just really, like, kind of embarrassing for him. You have to be like, hey, man, this what you did there was a bit out of line. Do you not feel like it's, it's a shit position to be because you're like... That definitely shouldn't have been said, but it was said. Yeah, we're out on social drinks. So is that now my place to? Yeah, do you call it in the office, which is now the formal environment when it's just been a social thing? Mm. So if it was your friends, you'd just be like, "What were you doing that night? Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't think about it." Um, there was a guy got us kicked out of our Christmas do. We had to stop being served drinks completely because he was really rude, and they said, "You got to go. We're not serving you anymore." We'd spent like thousands in this place for Christmas. Yeah. It was like 11 o'clock. They said, you've got to leave. All of you, all 16 of you guys have got to leave because that guy. And that was a conversation in the week after. We were like... Does he still work for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a difficult one. It's like, hey, man, by the way, you probably shouldn't have acted like that. You know, it wasn't... It's not yeah, that yeah. Is, that, and he that knew, is, but it's just awkward. Yeah, people making jokes about it. It's like that's no, too early for jokes. It's like that calm guy that's completely fine working all hours, and then that goes was that. out and it's a weapon. And you're just like, what are you the doing? guy's eating a kebab on the street after this, picking up all the lettuce with his hands and the mayo, <laughs> dropping it all down. And we were like, "Hey man, I think you need to go home." But that in an <laughs> animal was just like, yeah, I turned into an animal, but he's like a normal dude at work. Yeah. That is, those, those are the stuff that's really like we, I gym with the guys here so we kind of encourage the whole go to the gym it's important yeah you know, work out but again that whole bracket of um, going to the gym with guys and we just try not to discuss work because yeah. otherwise then it looks Take like yourself out of it, favoritism yeah. and stuff like that of people okay, working yeah. out with and, you know. it's hard not to though sometimes isn't it yeah. yeah I get it yeah it's important so it's like no work discussion. We end up generally talking about the charitable side because we try yeah. to get as many people in the company involved with the charitable side, so that that usually takes focus away from away from the you know work discussions mm. and things like that. Because I just you know when you're out of, out of work, we're like we're out. That's it. Let's try to 
move away from that. But yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's so hard to kind of switch off and be like, dude, you're acting like a dick right now. What's most important for you if you're hiring? Is it experience and skill or is it culture and company fit? If you had to choose one, what's the... Strictly between those two or one yeah, of the things? Between those two, it's like, right, you've got a guy who's super skilled, but he's actually not, you can tell that he's not going to quite get in the team and sort of merge in in the right way. But you know that he would kill it in his mm. position, but he might not get on with people as much in the office. So do you make the call to say, right, he's, it's just not going to work long term? Mm. Or do you just go, okay, he's going to be skilled and he might kill it for a bit, but he might not. Yeah. What's your... I usually go for like trust and drive. Like drive. You know, if they're so driven, really it's like, yeah, the, the company fit and culture, the values. They, yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't be... I don't believe in my mind that you can... You know when you get that guy that turns up at nine and leaves at 4.59, yeah. bang on... That just rages me internally. I had the same like, situation this week oh, with the devs. Oh, yeah, this fucking guy does not want to fucking be here. Yeah. And I'm like, why does he not want to be? Yeah. This is a fun place to be. You want yeah. to be in. And it just burns on me. And I'm like, how can you progress if you and, and what usually happens as well is a half an hour to the end of that, you fuck all. And I'm yeah. sat there like, mate, why aren't you yeah. working in the last half, last half an hour? It really beats you, right? Yeah. I, I said the same thing in our development meeting. I was like, look, it actually, I brought the feelings into it. I was like, it actually really hurts me. Yeah. As a self-invested owner of the company to the business, this is our money. The business is money that I'm putting in. And you, one of you guys or two of you guys are putting your shoes on 29 minutes past five. It's like, do you know how that makes me feel? I was like, it actually hurts me. Mm. I've given you respect and that's not giving me respect back. Yeah. Some of them are like, yeah, get that. Pull the feelings in. Mm. <laughs> Removed it from just business and getting angry. That, that sort of, when you bring it to a yeah. human level. We don't you know, really have that now. So we don't really have that. They kind of just naturally fell off. It's more... What, people leaving, yeah, bang on? Yeah. You've got it, to build it in, right? Yeah, I think it's more... I just tried to explain it as in, like, if you're leaving, bang on, then you're not... You know, you're it's not, your intention. It's what you... Yeah. You're not into your work as much as you want to be. I want to help that guy that's given 100, you know, 150%, that's going all in and being like, what mm. next? Mm. What can I do next? Mm. Do you need any help with this? What's next? I was in like, wait, wow, this guy's on my sh- on my case all the time with stuff to do. Mm. You know, I, I don't even have enough of this guy. All right, okay, what else can I give him? And before you know it, what's that guy doing? He's just earning trust, whether it's from the very first yeah. thing of, you know, maybe it's a cup of tea to start because you're like, I don't even know who this guy is. You know, he gets you a bruise. Is there anything else that you need? Yeah, yeah, can you just pick up this report or whatever? And How then- easy is that relationship at that point? It's so good, isn't it, when you have that? Yeah. It's just, this is flawless. It's easy. And then the trust just grows and yeah. grows and grows. And they're the people that I want to work with. Mm. I want to work with someone that's um, trustworthy within the company. That's, yeah, so it's values for you. It's, that's, that's yeah. a, it's they the want same to be for me. There. Yeah. If they want to be there in the long run, then I'll make sure that I'll you know do as much as I can for them. And yeah. that's, that's how I see it. And the people that we have right now, and I think it's taken probably up until, I would say, March of this year to mm. really get the core group that, you know, I'm like, right, we're going to put you now through uh, these qualifications. I want to now get you trained up in yeah. these areas, you know, and start really investing that interest into those individuals to grow the company. Yeah. Um, or multiple companies when we're coming into an enterprise kind of phase of what we're looking to do. And like so different are your guys incentivized by, say, a share option or share scheme so, or purely like bonus and KPI driven? So bonus and KPI driven. However, there is a longer term goal to go public. 
Yeah. Okay. Nice. So that's um, that's something that we are, are you know have been looking at. It's pretty big on the cards. Yeah. Nice. It's that's the kind of safe exit I would yeah. say for most businesses where you still own majority, you get a good you know cash out from going onto the, yeah. the exchange. Again, rewarding staff along the journey of being involved in that. You know, we it's try to go out. Yeah. If they know that the sort of intention is to capitalize the market or the market in our case, the footwear market, dominate the retail space. Yeah. And they can sort of see where it's going. They need to understand that they're going to be part of the exit plan, for instance. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're just going to be like, I better get a new job in a year because you might sell, sell the company in three or five years. Yeah. 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 There has to be some sort of progression route visible. Yeah. They need short term benefit from like a KPI bonus scheme yeah. and a long term benefit with a share scheme, a share incentive scheme. Yeah. Again, it's me being way too way too caught up in are these guys happy yeah because when you've got a good team like you said it's like you built your core group once you've got it you're like i need to keep this yeah this is working like an absolute machine that's powerful yeah it's you want to hold on to it right yeah yeah it's about it and it's about making sure you know when you have someone that you trust you 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 go so much further for that person yeah you're like right what why is it what you know what can we do now to grow that area or you know what extra stuff can you do to get more involved in the business and Mm. i really try to i like that side of things so it's you know the day when people are coming in and they're bored of work is the day where i'm like yeah you can tell it's just they're not giving you that inspiration or they're just not not Mm. the same buzz yeah, what I think about, it could be contagious as well, you know. Oh, it can, yeah. You know, so what well. I was about to ask you was what about guys that you don't want to talk to? Say in the kitchen, you're getting a tea. Not you don't want to talk to, but you know it's like a naturally harder conversation. It's like, oh, what did you do at the weekend? They're like, oh, this. I, fucking, I hate small talk. You, you, you know, it's like you yeah. have to create small talk because the conversation doesn't flow. Mm. So you find yourself like, and then it, it's contagious again because other people are sort of, mm. that's when you start to... Yeah, there's politics or good was... you yeah good yeah good. yeah good you yeah all right yeah, yeah good yeah you? yeah no i'm gonna fucking yeah. do something i don't want to do yeah. wait what i was just you know it's you never get anything past that do you so, yeah. yeah yeah good and then it becomes harder the next time because you're like it's going to be the same again good you good yeah cool see you later yeah that's... Do you eat lunch now I'm, I'm gone yeah yeah i've got to yeah. back lunch i've got to eat my desk got wet too yeah <laughs> Got something to do always. I, yeah. I don't really have those. Uh, with the people in daily, I don't have those. Say if we have, for example, um, we do training where they can like transition into roles. Okay. So when you have people that are training, they've they you know depending on how into it they are, they've mm. gone and watched your life pretty much. So they've gone and watched you on. Uh, what buying you, Bentleys? <laughs> they kind of want to look at YouTube. They've gone and they've gone and done their research on everything. They know everything. Yeah. They know every member of my family. They know absolutely yeah, everything. It's yeah? scary. And so when you see them in the kitchen, they're like, and you're just happy to say hello. And they're just yeah. like, um, it's like we're all humans here. Yeah, this is now. Let's got, just have a friendly chat. Yeah, and it just gets all. I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not. It's just yeah. all perceived. Mm, yeah. yeah, people. I, yeah, I hate that. It's kind of like being starstruck in a way, isn't it? In the same way. It like, is when you're like, I'm not a star. Yeah. In so the, let's yeah, just not go Sort there. of like in awe of success, which is, it's just, there's no difference in, but I still get it with certain people that I meet sometimes. Yeah. I remember meeting Anthony Joshua and I was quite like, I really respect this guy's discipline. Mm, yeah. And I interviewed him, but I was quite, it was in the early days when I started interviewing and it was like, I was a bit nervous in that interview because I was just like, really rate this guy he's disciplined as hell yeah and like what he's done 
Yeah. And that hit me a little bit. But then when you walk away, you're like, everyone's just a human being. Yeah. What are you worrying about? It's just he's worked hard like anyone else. Mm. It's off-putting as well, isn't it? Why is it's off putting when you know that that's what's happening in the scenario that you're in. Yeah. You know, I was, I was driving um, through London in my Ferrari and <laughs> just dropped it. Yeah. Driving through London in my Ferrari and driving through London. And, you know, everyone's looking at you. Yeah, right? I get that. What color is it? It's black. It's not okay. nice. It's not outrageous. You know? It's not outrageous. It's just a Ferrari. Yeah. It's not outrageous. Though. It's not like lime green or, yeah. you know, where everyone, you know, and you're driving and you think, oh, that guy's looking at me. He's probably thinking I'm a footballer, but I'm really not. I'm just a normal dude that's yeah. just gone into business and gone and been, you know, worked really hard. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you just like there's no, there's a flip side as well because I'm just like shit. I've let that guy down. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, whoa, what football team is from? Oh, who is it? Uh, yeah, no one's. You're not gonna, you're not gonna know me, but like, I'm yeah. just I'm just driving. You know? I get it. Yeah. So it's like the flip side. So it's just like that's why I like being out with my defender. I like, no one gives a shit. You know. Just yeah, I saw along. that. Yeah. Yeah. Just driving along. What no. about the G wagon? You a fan? <sighs> the new shape I like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like residuals, I just think you're going to get absolutely done on owning it. I just think... Oh, really? They, yeah, they, they uh, really drop in value. I'm not those. a car expert, but my ex- my experience with cars has never been good. I bought the Audi R8. Um, are you... I wanted to ask you, are you leasing? Are you financing? Yeah, buying so I them, finance like, them. Yeah, yeah, but what, PCP or...? So I can like have the option to buy them at the end. Yeah, PCP with a balloon payment, yeah. right? Yeah, which yeah. is actually what... Same as me. I think yeah. that's the smartest. Then yeah. you get leasing deals which are cheaper than PCP contracts yeah. from the manufacturer. Like, how do you? How are you offering? Yeah, that car cheaper than what the manufacturer can offer. Mm. Don't get that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't either. I think it's. Well, I suppose they just smack a big balloon payment on the end, and then they're yeah. like, you know, you're either going back with them or you're or you're not. So it's I've you know I work with Redline specialist cars. They're um, I do a lot. I get a lot of my cars from them. They've done investments and um, business opportunities with me. Nice. So we have kind of a good relationship. You up. Yeah, we get yeah. a good relationship. And Sam's they- getting free cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Don't say it because I'm not at the end of that. I'm sure people hit might- them up. Let them know you know him. <laughs> He's like he rents them. <laughs> He's on rentals. Yeah. Um, but they, they, you know, I'm shit with cars. So they would be like, after I fucked up on the first one, they, they you know, what, what happened. So I got the um, Audi R8 uh, V10 convertible. Brand new. Brand new. 160. PCP again, contract. Yeah. Yep, 160. And oh, put, everything, full spec. Yeah. Put the full, I put a reasonable chunk deposit down on it. And one year, 160 down to 120. Want a new one car. Year, one year. I'm like, I was like, so I was that car. over what term? Four years or? I think, yeah. Uh, no, I think, yeah, 48 months, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you sit Which there. Just four years. Right? Yeah. 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 So and, actually, you only get this negative equity until around year three and a half, maybe. It's very close to the end. So I've like, experienced this. So I was like, wow, I just got fucked for 40 grand. Yeah. So if you want to chip it in, they're like, hey, man, do you want to pay 40 grand? Mm, yeah. Because you still got this to sell on your finance. You're like, no. This year got even more roasted. Yeah. <laughs> still um, not learning. No. And this is what I have learned. This is the thing. So this is our afterwards. I was like, no, nah, this money can go to charity. This guy can go so much more than a car. So, um, yeah, this is it. Rolls Royce yeah. Wraith and Ferrari 488. They're the two cars I've got. Yeah. And um, 60K down on the cars. Yeah. At the moment. But isn't it funny that you can be so smart with what you're doing with your investments but or your trading? But. When it comes yeah. to that, so you're just completely know. flipping. You're treating it like yeah. 
that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. It's the same for me. I can be so disciplined with some things. Mm. And some I'm just completely like an amateur, acting like an absolute amateur. 100%. Yeah. It took me it took me a while, actually. I had sat down with a friend that was very wealthy, and it was just like, dude, like, what are you do, doing? do you not care? And I was like, oh, no, not really. And yeah, then when yeah. I thought more about it, I just thought, wait, like, we're climbing Nevis. We're raising like 5K for Nevis, and I lost 60. Mm. Just think about, we work yeah, out flipping, numbers, yeah. like how much money you can do with. And what I always think is, and like my dad's always said, he's like, you don't want to get to 30 and be looking back thinking, what have I done with my life? And he's also said, you don't want to get to 30 and have lost it if you've done well and think, why did I spend all that money on all that shit? You know, why did I buy that car? Why did I buy loads of clothes that yeah. cost me thousands each month? Because you're going to hate yourself when you know that you didn't look after your money if you've lost it. 100%. That'd be hard, wouldn't it? Yeah. Knowing that you didn't make the best effort to look after your funds. Mm, yeah. And then it hits you. I'm a massive saver as well. So I was yeah. saving a lot of money. And then I was like, wait, I, the small things now make a big difference. If you start, you know, you, you start cutting out small things, even in the firm, actually, even the company, you use some sort of email software that costs like, I don't know, mm. three or 400 quid a month. And you're like, oh, we haven't used that for months. Yeah. Oh, Why we just saved 5K a year. Yeah. Done what? the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. you start going through those optimization stages, and it's just like it was recent when I was going through the charity phase. Like, man, I may as well, I may as well start on, on, on myself. Let's just go through everything that I'm spending. What yeah, personal audit. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I still haven't done that for my personal bank, but I have actually kind of like got a list of direct debits that are yeah. coming out and sort of organised things. But yeah, yeah, you need to look at it. You need to like value that and go where, what stage am I at, and is this is this viable for what I'm doing? Like, do I do I need do I need these cars? Do I need these two cars? Nah, no. Do I enjoy them? Yeah. yeah. Or how much am I spending on food? Like I like to eat food and go out. It's like when you look back, it's like I've, I've been to, I've spent all this money on restaurants this month. It's like, yeah, so flippant. Why have I, sp- just because I'm lazy sometimes mm-hmm. and I can't be bothered to cook or yeah, like, let's just go out. Trying to justify that as well is mental. Like, you know, going out for dinner, racking up a bill, five, 600 pounds and you sit there and you think, Huh. but then again you do it like three or four times and you start, yeah, it's a rinse, you start things are so you. expensive now generally yeah. right like mm. if you're earning say like 24k yeah in like a say a social media manager role yeah just things are expensive nando's is expensive yeah nando's for two can be like 50 pounds it's like that's it's meant to be nando's this is meant to be it's like a quick chicken wrap it's, it's like the cinema yeah have you seen those VIP tickets or whatever? There, you end up. Yeah, I went them. to see it in the gallery. It, it chapter two. Yeah, it was. What does that say? Uh, Twenty pound a ticket, and then you end. So you're ending like seventy quid yeah. with your ice cream and obviously three scoops of Ben and yeah, Jerry's. Yeah. yeah, I got rid of Chunky Monkey, which I wasn't happy about. So I mate, where's the Chunky Monkey? I come here to the cinema today for that. Yeah, so now it's gone. Discontinue, boss. So no. no you seen the IMAX in Watford now? Yeah, so this was IMAX in, okay. in Greenwich. Oh, it's mental. They're, yeah. they're huge now, aren't they? You, you go in, you're like, wait, whoa. Or you get like the, uh, you know, like the 280 screen. Have you been in that where it's like the screen's on the side? Yeah, it kind of curves around. Yeah, so like for Bohemian yeah, yeah. Rhapsody, where it's like he's on stage and then all of a sudden it goes around. And then you get like the 4D experience where you, you're in the sea and you get smells and water and the seat rocks. <laughs> it's the future. It's like 280 screen with 3D. And all the 
the 4D experience, right? So you Cin- like, <laughs> cinema tickets or one that's yeah. come out tripping. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, man, here's the 4D, 280, 3D experience. You want some of that? I'm like, yes, yeah, sign me up. Call it 7D, mate. That's yeah, 7D, yeah. <laughs> like, when you think about that, it's... it's, it's and, but where's that going, though? This is what I'm saying. I, I, we're talking- well, I think you had it, 7D. is like they, they were rebranded. It's like, this is everything in one. That, that is where it's going, realistically. Yeah. You'd have the 3D glasses with the 4D stuff moving around you and then the 280-degree screens. It'd be crazy. Yeah. So sick. Or like 360, like screens all over the roof. Yeah. That sort of shit. That'd be, it'd be fucking cool. Yeah, so you feel like you're in it. You're in a little bubble of... 7D, though, cost. It's, yeah. going, it's going to go up, isn't it? Yeah. So what does that guy in 24K a year do? Yeah, this is the sort of thing I'm saying, right? It's just... There's a lot to think when that when that, that that starts to bother me because you sit there and you start thinking, okay, we're getting borderline. It, it has to happen. I've been preaching about it now for a while. We see it in the markets. There's going to have to be a collapse at some point because yeah. What do you think about like property? It's been on the biggest thing for the longest time in however many years, and there hasn't been a crash, right? Yeah, and it's the same. It's coming up with the markets now. The stock yeah. market. It usually happens every seven to eight years. Yeah, we're now past ten. But the point is, when it does crash, and if you have investments, hold until it goes back up. So I think we'd get more savvy. I think the recovery would be quicker. I think people are seeing it already. Mm. Um, and again, something that I preach about quite a lot is the amount of availability to borrow and you know on loans mm. is sky high. Mm. Consumer credit debt of the amount of people that spend on their credit cards is outstripping wage growth. Okay, so when which you, is just so wrong if you think yeah. about it. It's so like, your people are spending, and I think it's in yeah. the UK now, one in five pay their mortgage on a credit card. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. So you when I hear some you know, friends or someone like mum's family or friend, or I'm like, what, you've got that credit card debt. It's like, well, I don't have a credit limit that high. How have you, mm. Why have you got that? Why have you spent all of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you start, you, you don't it's really pressure. see how bad it is as well. Yeah. And it's, it's becoming worse and worse and worse. And I have, you know, I have an inkling that, when Brexit happens and it goes ahead, that's what will be. It won't be Brexit that pushes us over. It'll be the credit consumer debt and the realization of what's actually going on around us that causes this whole, you know, market collapse. And I think it will be contagion. I think it will be a big recession. Mm. Um, again, it's natural though to have that. Every mm. every you need a reset every now and then. Yeah, that's the that's what's happened over the past hundred years, right? Yeah, and with that, the trend. comes opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah, know. when the market's low, you can get things that are cheaper Ridiculous. if you have the cash. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, hold on to your stocks that you have if you know they're still a good company, right? Yeah. I mean, like I said, previous crash, there was absolutely awesome opportunities. Like Lloyd's Bank went down to like 20 odd pence. Yeah. Skyrocketed to 80. Yeah. And if you know the company's got value, then yeah. now's the time. I mean, back then, we was weighing up is Lloyd's TSB going anywhere? You know, now it would be a bit different because it's oh, challenger banks. I wouldn't invest in the banks, man, yeah. me personally, because I don't have faith in the establishment. Yeah. I just, it's the principle of, is it Warren Buffett with his value investing principle of like, yeah. one of the rules is if you consume the products of that company yeah. and your peer circle does, mm. that's sort of one of the rules, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it built on value? Is there value in the company? And is it something that people are using and consuming? Yeah. For me, the banks, I'm like, stay well clear. If I didn't have to have my money in the bank, I wouldn't. I think I, I think, don't have faith in it. Yeah. Back then, 2009, 2010, I was like, there is value here. Yeah. Now, I'm concerned that when this crash happens, and people go, 
is this the time that I should start moving my money to challenger banks such as um, Monzo, like Monzo, Revolut? Yeah, Revolut yeah. Um, There's loads of them. Starling. Starling. See different yeah. ads on the tube. Tide. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. Open a business account that would tie in like three minutes on your phone. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. And so now you start thinking, okay, now these weren't here before. And they do so much more than what Lloyd's and those places do. In fact, I'm I'm a massive pro. I'm a I'm a um, in private those, equity in those, holder yeah. of Monzo. Okay, yeah. So I bought into their uh, crowdfunding raise of Monzo. Has it I think- has it gone up? So it's private. It's not on the markets yet, although it got revalued, and I think we're yeah, but, at 40% or something along those okay, lines. Yeah. And it's um, I got around in the second round. I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's due to be a good kind of 500% return on yeah. your money with Monzo. Yeah. Um, and I don't... I've got a Monzo account. I don't yeah. doubt I that I like either. it. It's a great app as well. It's so helpful. Savings on it is awesome. The mainstream banks are archaic, man, compared to some of these new ones, right? The way they function. Oh no, so they've lost connection to server, attempted to reconnect. We're probably at the end of our... We're done. We are. We're, we're at one hour and 11 minutes. This is great. It's been a good one. Yeah. We're going to probably have to go for round two another time. Yeah, 100, man. We could talk for hours. Yeah. It's so like we... a Joe Rogan style, three hours in. <laughs> Let's go. There's a <laughs> podcast marathon, 24 hours. Here we go. Um, yeah, it's been absolutely epic. Yeah. Um, so if they want to find out more information about what you're doing, what you're up to, where can I go find that info? Hit thesoulsupplier.co.uk. We're about to relaunch the site and we are going to become the ultimate tool that you need to use before you buy your footwear. That's the a- only place, the Soul Supplier. The Soul Supplier, it's, the name says it. It says it. Awesome stuff. I honestly really appreciate it. Thank you so much for nice coming on. And um, guys, I'm sure we'll be able to um, get you back again and uh, sit yeah, down and we can, we can talk about... Absolutely everything from um, David Goggins, motivation, Ben Nevis, swimming, and everything else from the economy. Absolutely, God knows what. But um, yeah, it's been a really interesting episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. And guys, I'll catch you all in the next Raw Influence um, podcast. Again, big shout out to uh, Blue Mike, our sponsor for our podcast setup. Thank you so much. And um, we'll see you in the next episode.